BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Oh, baby! What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Z-Bot here with you. Live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel on a victory Monday night. And that, of course, can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. So good to have you in off of one of the most complete and dominant performances these Buffalo Bills have had under Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. And I do not mean that in an over-exaggerated way. That is exactly how I feel. And we will get into it in depth all throughout the night tonight, fresh off of a game last week on Monday night, one week from the minute tonight where the Bills might have looked their worst under Josh Allen. They might have arguably looked one of their best yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders as the Buffalo Bills absolutely manhandle Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniel, and the Las Vegas Raiders 38-10 to in their home opener. What a sight it was. A lot to get into tonight, and it's entirely positive. This is the beauty of the smoke break, folks. We get shows like last week. We get our therapy sessions out of the way when necessary. But when it's time to party and celebrate, we will do just that. And I will say, I don't know if a W over the Las Vegas Raiders is worth a celebration, worth getting crazy about. But it's not the W itself. It's the fashion in which the W came. And, of course, it's when it came. 
Because these Buffalo Bills yesterday had a lot to prove to us. The last two or three times we've seen these Buffalo Bills, you could argue perhaps even longer, at least the last three occasions we've seen these Buffalo Bills, they were stagnant, slow, did not look like themselves, did not look like the Buffalo Bills we had become accustomed to seeing on a weekly basis. Josh Allen in particular, something seemed off. And frankly, the vibe of the entire team had seemed off. Seemed off. That seemed that way in the Dolphins' victory, wild card weekend a season ago. Clearly se- seemed that way in the divisional round against the Cincinnati Bengals. And that type of performance trickled its way into Monday Night Football a week ago to kick off the season against the New York Jets. The Bills had a lot to prove this week. And not only did they prove it, they shattered what I thought we would see out on the field yesterday. I was convinced the Bills were winning yesterday. It wasn't going to take much to convince somebody the Bills would win yesterday. You can ask Vegas. They were over a touchdown favorite the entirety of the week. They were supposed to win that game. But it wasn't going out and winning the game that we were looking for. We were looking for several key indicators to tell us that what we saw last week might have been a fluke. And I think we got almost every indicator you could think of checked off yesterday against these Las Vegas Raiders. I could not be more excited about what I saw yesterday. And finally, I have a feeling going into the rest of the year that I have yet to feel in a while here. Because the last time we had saw the Bills in general before coming into this season was, of course, that Bengals game. And I had thought their ability to right the wrongs of a game we had watched, what, five months ago, was going to be last week. Instead, it was just a continuation of the awful performance that we had saw in the divisional game. I mean, think about it. When's the last time we have seen these Buffalo Bills truly dominate? It's been some time. And the unfortunate reality when you're dealing with a team like the Buffalo Bills, who when they do win, it is oftentimes in dominant fashion. The vast majority of Josh Allen's victories as a starting quarterback in this league are by by over a touchdown. It's unheard of. And when you get accustomed to that, it makes the performances like last week, the Bengals game, the Dolphins game, despite a victory, it makes them a lot harder to tolerate, to deal with. And you're waiting to get back onto a track that you want to stay on for the foreseeable future. And performances like yesterday, I don't know how sustainable that's going to be when you just get a A A-plus performance by essentially every unit on that team, every player on that team. But when you have a game like you do last week, you often wonder how long that's going to linger inside of the locker room, how long that's going to carry on amongst certain players. Let's talk about Josh Allen in particular. This was a rough offseason for Josh Allen when it comes to his public perception. You have the quote-unquote drama with Stephon Diggs. You know well on here that that did not exist. When we talk about that on this show, I have to always preface that that drama was completely manufactured by the media in a time in which there was nothing else to talk about. So let's try and drag that on as far as we possibly can. But of course it was still a narrative and it was out there a lot. You have Josh Allen coming off a very poor performance in the divisional game. I hate to keep bringing it up, but of course I have to, because that's the last time we had seen these bills. And that's the last time the public perception had their ability to grade Josh Allen and put out what they want to be the narrative surrounding number 17. So he had to deal with that all offseason. 
then of course there was a variety of off the field things that nobody should be concerned about but for some reason they are that bakes into it maybe a bit and then you add on top of it the fact that he has now gone from being just the Buffalo Bills quarterback to being an, a, a national superstar I forget I, I've lost count at this point we're up to probably five national commercials at this point right he's with Verizon he's with Lay's I've seen the YouTube TV. There's a a handful of them. Cash App, you name it. He's on everything now. The cover of Madden, of course. A lot on the shoulders of Josh Allen. And for him to go out last week and potentially have his worst performance of his career, it was a tough sight. When you're tacking all of those other things on top of that, because it gives everybody who's looking for the downfall of Josh Allen to occur an infinite amount of ammunition, at least for a week, at least for a week. And boy, did we take our bullets this past week. We sure did. And I let you know last week, and I'll continue to let you know, they were much deserved. The Bills deserved everything that was that was handed to them last week, whether it be you know, relegated from the top 10 in anybody's power rankings whether it be their entire team question as far as the legitimacy of this team, where they currently stand and where they sit in the overall landscape of the AFC and the playoff picture come the end of the year. It was all deserved. It was a god-awful performance on nearly every level. It was so bad, in fact, you really had to, you really had to try to find the good in it. So here comes this past week or this past game, rather, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Let me just get this out of the way, because this, of course, is exactly what happened, uh, and and it's exactly what I told you what would happen. I said to you last week that I I was fully confident in the Bills' ability to go out and beat the Raiders this, this past game here, and I'm still fully confident in their ability to do something similar this coming up week against the Washington Commanders. But what did I say last week? And it's exactly what's happening. The Bills will not command any respect from anybody outside of the Buffalo Bills fan base until they get to week four and until they beat the Miami Dolphins. Nobody cares about a victory over Jimmy Garoppolo and the Las Vegas Raiders. Nobody's going to care about a victory over the Washington Commanders. It's it's the truth. Despite the fact the Commanders are 2-0, they don't look bad at all. The Raiders come off a victory last week against the Denver Broncos where they definitely look serviceable. I still think the Raiders are serviceable. That team is not a bad team. The Bills made them look bad, and that was the beauty of yesterday. But you have to get this out of the way early here right now in saying that you're going to hear this win discounted. I'd understand the discount if the Bills went out yesterday and they looked the way they did the first two series of the game on both offense and defense. I would understand discounting this victory. Say the Bills go out the the way the game started, which was terrifying. The game starts, Raiders get the ball, they walk down the field. They score a touchdown, Devontae Adams gets in the end zone within three minutes of the start of that game. What follows that up is a three and out by the Buffalo Bills offense. And I know even the most hardened, optimistic Bills fan is sitting there thinking to themselves, you got to be shitting me. After what we saw last week, you're going to do this again? I'll admit it. I'm guilty of it. How could I not be? I got some fear baked into me after what I saw last week. Sorry. When I see a performance like that and I see what they did yesterday to kick this game off, you're going to tell me you weren't a little bit nervous. They let the Raiders walk down the field and then instantly went three and out. I got my dad texting me. Might just be one of those years. You go on Twitter. You see the exact same type of thing. 
completely reiterated in different ways. I was willing to let the game play out. Glad I did. But let's be real. The way they kicked that game off, there was a lingering from Monday night last week that still had you a bit scared. Say they played that way throughout the game, but they found a way to get it done. Say they win that game 17-14. to 14. You could discount that win. Win's a win. I get that, but I'd understand if the national media took the stage today and said, yeah, they won 17-14, to 14, but they still look terrible. How would you argue? What happened yesterday is exactly what needed to happen times a million. And that's why I feel so great today. It's not, oh, you beat the Raiders, congrats. No, it's not that. It's the way they looked. Collectively. I'm getting chills just talking about it. I don't know if I've seen these Buffalo Bills play that complete of a performance with Josh Allen on this roster. And they've had some incredible performances. We all know that. They certainly have had some amazing performances. But I'm talking from special teams to defense to offense and every individual player within those three units. This team absolutely humiliated another AFC opponent. And you got to remember, back to discounting the game, or the win rather, it being against the Raiders. The Raiders, in my opinion, they're not the Arizona Cardinals. They're not the Houston Texans. Jimmy Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. He has one of the greatest winning percentages in the history of the NFL. Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Josh Jacobs, not yesterday, we'll get into that. But Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Max Crosby, one of the best edge presences in the NFL. This team does not suck. They might not be the Chiefs. They might not be the Bills. They might not be the Eagles, you name it, et cetera, et cetera. But they do not suck. But the Bills made them look that bad. So that's why it's easy pickings today. Low-hanging fruit to say, well, the Raiders blow. I don't think they blow, but damn, you better, be, you better be sure to know the Bills made them look like that. That's why you think that. You can say they're not the best team. I, I'd agree with you wholeheartedly. You can't say they suck. It's hard to suck or even have the ability to suck. When you barely have the football, the Bills dominated that game in such a fashion, they didn't even allow the Raiders to fully display if they were great or bad. Now, of course, when they did have the ball, they, they did their fair share of coughing it up. But they barely had the ball. If you think back to yesterday, outside of the great defensive plays the Bills made, the two interceptions, the forced fumble, outside of those three plays and the opening drive, can you really remember a thing, a thing the Raiders did on offense? It was the most forgettable performance on offense I've seen. And it wasn't because of them and them alone. This defense dominated. And when the offense had the ball, they said, we're not giving you the ball back. Truly one of the most complete performances under Josh Allen, under Sean McDermott, and it was an absolute beauty. Let's kick it off right from the beginning here tonight. As I mentioned just a bit ago here, it was a scary beginning. I give you all the credit in the world if you watched that beginning of that game and said, ah, they'll, 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 they'll get it in gear. I'll give you all the credit in the world for that because you're a much more optimistic and level-headed person than I am. When I watched the Raiders seemingly walk down the field against these Buffalo Bills, doing whatever they wanted, Devontae Adams cooking that secondary the first, the first drive and waltz right into the end zone. Then they follow it up. With a three and out, you got to be a bit scared. But the tide completely 
turns. Completely turns. As soon as Bernard gets that pick, the game was never the same. The game was never the same. Ever since that second series, starting with both the Raiders having the ball and then the Bills getting the ball back on offense, this Bills team never looked back. I don't even know where to begin tonight as far as who I'm giving, where I got to give flowers to because there's, I'd have to back the Brinks truck up to the floral shop and have them fill the entire thing from bottom to top. Who didn't look good yesterday in that game? People who, who the Bills, who Bills fans try everything possible to get down on, even those guys looked phenomenal. Spencer Brown, I'm talking about you, man. What a day. So many incredible individual performances yesterday that culminated in an in, in incredible performance. You look back last week and you look at Sunday and it could not have been more, more polar opposite. Now let's, let's be fair here. And this is a good thing, by the way. This is a good thing. We now have two weeks in a row where this Buffalo Bills defense has looked pretty damn phenomenal. Outside of the busted run that Brees Hall had against the Bills last Monday. What have the Bills, what has the Bills defense done wrong? They have looked as good as any D in the league, maybe outside of the Dallas Cowboys who are on an all-time clip right now, all time. I mean, Micah Parsons might win overall MVP, much less the defensive player of the year. So maybe outside of Dallas, this Bills defense is up there with anybody right now. And we don't know how much longer that defense for Dallas is going to be able to, to sustain what they're currently doing. They played both Jersey teams, and they have yet to get into the bulk of their schedule. But as of right now, clearly the best defense in the league, the Dallas Cowboys. But the Bills right up there through the first two weeks. That's the one thing you look at and you're extremely happy about throughout not only just this past week, but both weeks combined. Phenomenal. Last week with the offense, it's essentially a complete 180. A complete 180. And I get it. The Raiders... Defense is not the Jets defense, but that isn't necessarily what was the factor. The factor was Josh Allen and his decision-making. That was the key difference. And I think we saw a glimpse yesterday of a Buffalo Bills team. We saw a version of the Buffalo Bills yesterday that if they can execute what we saw on display yesterday, good luck. Good luck. If the Buffalo Bills can channel the execution that they displayed yesterday, they are once again that team that nobody wants to see. Let's talk about Josh Allen because to me that is the most prominent storyline from yesterday. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of them. But as I mentioned earlier, and you all know it by now, last week was about as bad as it gets from Josh Allen. It could not have been worse. Frankly, that was about as bad as it gets from any quarterback in the NFL. It was that bad. It was. He had to come out this week and prove to not only us, right, the fan base, everybody watching, not only us, but I think to himself. I think Josh had to get back on track for himself. Because a game like that, you don't know what that can what that can do to you. That can screw you up a bit, right? Bright lights, prime time. Highest rated game of the week. Everybody's tuning in and you look like that. You don't know how long that's going to linger. What an answer from JA17 yesterday. What an answer. 
everyone was expecting the continuation. And, and I, when I say everyone, I mean those who are just already built into believing what we saw last week will be seen at some capacity each and every week. I mean, there are people who are just begging to see that. Begging. But what we saw was Josh Allen, I think, take the criticism in which he received last week to heart. I'm not talking about the criticism on Twitter or on first take. You don't think that there was a conversation that was had last week between Josh Allen and this coaching staff that wasn't sort of reiterated back to the fan base by the media? I go back to what I talked about last week, the Dan Orlovsky uh, soundbite where he came out and said that, you know, Josh Allen just needs to play grown-up football, mature football. I thought that was so dead on. Thought it was absolutely dead accurate. And I think what we saw from Josh Allen yesterday may have been his most poised and mature performance he's ever had. Not his greatest performance. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, hey, cue the, cue the highlight tape up. I'm not talking about that, even though there were plenty, plenty of plays yesterday that would make their way into Josh Allen's reel. But I'm talking about simply the maturity and the poise that was demonstrated by Josh Allen yesterday in a time that could not have come, in, in a time that, in, when you think about it, when you, when you really truly get down to thinking, could there have ever been a better time for him to display that? There couldn't be. He had to show that yesterday. And as I'm watching him and what he's doing all day yesterday, I'm thinking to myself, if he can just do this for the foreseeable future here, not only is this Bills team going to roll, but then, then you reopen up the ability for Josh Allen to throw at 80 yards, for Josh Allen to make that insane on-the-run throw all the way to the end zone. Right now, defenses are begging Josh Allen to do that. The Jets were last week. We know it. The Jets, the only way they were going to win that game last week is if Josh Allen turned the ball over. That is exactly what he did. Teams are begging for what Josh Allen did last week to happen against them. They want Josh Allen to throw the ball all the way down the field. They want Josh Allen to throw it in the double coverage. They want the sugar high Josh Allen because it's going to give them a chance. When you see what Josh Allen did yesterday, there's not a defense in the league who looks at that and thinks that they stand a chance when not only is he taking everything given to him, he's making the smart read every single snap, but he's also making insane plays on top of that when those options aren't there. Collectively, that was an absolutely unbelievable performance by Josh Allen in a time that could not have come uh, better. and It could not have been at a better time. And I think it proved not only us, but himself, that he has the ability to play a game like that. It doesn't have to be Josh Allen go out there and look like a video game character for an hour. Yesterday, we saw, hey, Josh Allen, execute the offense. No need to, to take the sack, run around, throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Take the dump route to James Cook. Take the in route to Dalton Kincaid. Take the, the short curl to Gabe Davis. Stephon Diggs. That is what he did. After maybe one of the worst performances of his career, Josh Allen comes into that game and starts it off going 10 for 10. And it never, it never really dipped. Folks, Josh Allen finished 31 of 37 yesterday. 
It does not get better in the NFL throughout time than that. You can't do much better than that. Think about how difficult that is to do. You are playing against other pro athletes on the defensive side of the ball, and you complete 31 of 37 attempts, and that is including at least two or three throws that were mind-blowing. Not everyone was a dink and dunk, but the dink and dunks came when they were necessary, and what did you notice? The vast majority of the passes yesterday were dink, dunk, move down the field. They scored 38 points. We talked about this last week. What did Tom Brady do his entire career? That. Yesterday was that. Dink, dunk, first down, toss it here, little screen route here, curl route here, slant route here, end zone. 38 points. And I don't think he threw a ball other than the than the the throw to the to the initial pylon is Stephon Diggs that resulted in a defensive pass interference outside of that throw. I don't remember Josh Allen taking a shot all game, and it was phenomenal. The shots are going to come, but take them when they are there or take them when they make sense. They made no sense at all against the New York Jets. And yesterday, you're in a situation where it clearly seemed that you were going to be able to manipulate this defense any way you wanted. Josh yesterday could have done that. He could have done that all game if he wanted to. Chuck it deep to Gabe Davis. Chuck it deep to Stephon Diggs. I can only think of one legitimate deep route that was thrown, and it was to Stephon Diggs on the the, uh, front left pylon, and it resulted in a pass interference. I have never seen Josh Allen play that mature ever. Every single snap, he looked at every read imaginable on the field. He would then go to the guy that was clearly the most open, and if there was nobody open at all, he would throw the ball away. And that results in a multitude of things that are beneficial to the Buffalo Bills. One, he does not get hit. The one thing, if you ask any Bills fan, what's the one thing you want to eliminate from this from this team this coming season? 90% of them's first answer is going to be Josh Allen, the amount of, hit, the, the amount of hits Josh Allen takes, right? You don't get hit when the ball is out of your hand within a second. So there's that. Two, just the blatant efficiency that comes with moving the ball like that. You do have talent on this offense, contrary to what others will tell you. Many will tell you that it's simply just Gabe uh, Stephon Diggs. But maybe it's tough for Gabe Davis to shine when the only time he gets a target is 70 yards down the field. Maybe it's tough for a rookie tight end in Don Kincaid to shine unless he gets confidence built up getting these easy open throws in the interior of the defense. Maybe it's tough for James Cook to break out when he's not incorporated into the offense nearly as much as he should be. And maybe it's tough for Stephon Diggs to get the amount of targets that he should command when you're not getting efficient targets for Stephon Diggs. I mean, yesterday, all of these things happened. All of them. Gabe Davis, best wide receiver on the field yesterday for the Bills as far as performance was concerned. 
Six catches, 92 yards, probably the best touchdown of the day. He also had the longest catch of the day, which I will say was the one play yesterday outside of the two touchdowns, which were ridiculous. But that was the one play, if you remember, that was like crazy Josh Allen, but it was open. So yeah, Josh, do it. That's what you're great at. Josh is rolling to the right of the pocket, making his way towards the out-of-bounds line. Gabe Davis breaks off of his defender, running a seam route all the way down the field. Probably gets two to three yards of space out of his uh, or away from his defender. Josh hits him in stride. See, that's when you take the shot. Gabe Davis has steps on his defender. There's not two other defenders in sight. It makes sense, and he hit him right on the money. That, to me, when we're talking about crazy plays from Josh Allen and only a, f- a few quarterbacks can make that, I mean, he flicks his wrist, the ball's 40 yards down the field, and it's in stride on the run. You might not want to see that like we did last week when it was third and eight and Josh Allen rolled to his, rolled to his left in a crucial situation in the game, could have ran for the first down and threw on the run Another deep ball, but it was in the double coverage. It made no sense at all. It was never going to be caught. This right here is the exact opposite of that throw. But it comes back to the take the good with the bad with Josh Allen. If he can eliminate just the decisions, the bad decisions, it's going to be a whole lot more of those type of plays, but on the good end. Because yesterday, you didn't see Josh Allen do that unless it made sense. Right there, it made complete sense. Gabe Davis was wide open. He's in stride, and it was a perfect throw. Josh looked settled yesterday. He looked calm. He looked comfortable. And for the first time, I think, all season, he cracked a smile, and it never wavered away from his face the whole game. He needed that. Josh Allen needed that, and therefore the team needed that because this team goes where Josh Allen goes. And if Josh is grooving, he's smiling, he's having fun, and he's dominating all the while, We all know what this team's capable of. Josh Allen needed yesterday to happen. You're not hearing many folks talk down about Josh Allen today. Now, let's let's be clear here. We have two games under our belt early on in the year here. One was absolutely abysmal. One was absolutely phenomenal. I don't think it's fair to judge the team entirely based on just one of those performances. If you're going to be mad at the haters of the Bills because they're completely judging the Bills and Josh Allen's performance off of last week, you can't then go ahead and completely judge the Bills based off of this Raiders game alone. But I will say, what we saw last week was the outlier in my opinion. And I don't think it's that crazy of an opinion. Do I expect Josh Allen to continue to throw balls into triple coverage when not not necessary? Nearly every possession of the game for the duration of this season? Absolutely not. Do I expect Josh Allen to single-handedly lose the Bills many more games this season, if any at all? I do not. I don't. I also don't expect the Bills to rack up 38 points. I don't expect Josh Allen to have a, what was it? What was the completion percentage? 80? Do I expect him to have that every week? No. But I expect Josh Allen to now understand, wow, when I do that, this team thrives. That's why yesterday needed to happen. I think Josh needed to see it on display. I think Josh Allen had to see 
Can we win games where I'm not playing Superman all day long? That's what they did yesterday. Because on, in addition to Josh Allen having an incredible day himself, James Cook goes out and has a career day. Damian Harris gets in the end zone. Latavius Murray gets in the end zone. This defense forces three turnovers. This defense dominates in every facet of the game. This defense holds Josh Jacobs to negative two yards on the day. Josh Allen saw on display yesterday that he does not need to be Mr. Incredible for 60 minutes for this team to get out with a W. And I can't imagine what that does for not only his confidence, but for the confidence of the team as a whole. Because when you go into a game and your mindset is, well, we don't know what's going to happen today. It's all going to depend on what Josh Allen does. That can't be a great feeling. But when you go into a game knowing, hey, we're going to do our part, they're going to do their part, and Josh goes into the game knowing, hey, if I play a significant role in this and I don't hinder the team, who's beating us? We saw on display yesterday a Buffalo Bills team that if they can channel not what the not exactly what happened yesterday because like I keep saying that 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 is it's not realistic. We all know this. You're not going to have an 80% completion percentage. You're not going to hold opposing teams running backs to negative yardage all game long. You're not going to get near 40 points every game. We all know this. But if the team if the team can generate that. And I'm talking about Mona. I just had like a mini glitch in the matrix there. If the team, and I'm talking mainly offensively, because I think at this given moment, I think this is fair to say, I do have more trust in the consistency of this defense than I do the offense. Under Sean McDermott, let's, let's be real. This defense has been consistently phenomenal. And I mean consistently. Even prior to when Josh Allen was here, right? From that era, McDermott's first year until now, this Bills defense has been top 10 or better. Consistency has been an incredible asset for this Bills defense. I'm not entirely sure we can say that this offense is consistently great. They are great. But there are also moments where we've seen them just completely falter, more so than I think we've seen from the defense. But to that point, we have also seen far more greatness out of the offense than bad. I just think when you look at it from a median perspective, the consistency from the defense seems to continuously be there. For me, I look at that offense yesterday, and I think to myself, if the Bills can run that style of offense on a weekly basis, I just don't know how you're going to stop them. It was so efficient. It was an absolute machine yesterday. Josh Allen would snap the ball, and after after the first quarter, if you're like me, you have this mentality where you're starting to think they can't miss, And and they really didn't. I mean, all the way down to the, to the nitty-gritty stats, like the third down conversions, which I thought was one of the highlights of the day yesterday. It, it would be either, you know, third and short, third and long. It didn't matter. The way that they were moving the ball, it could not be stopped. It was an absolute unit. And for, you know, finally, after a few games here, leading back in the last season included, you had the utmost faith in Josh Allen's ability yesterday when the ball was snapped. Last week when Josh Allen was snapping the ball, you were wondering, you know, when – 
what's going to happen now? Whereas I thought this past game, you're looking at it and you're thinking, man, what are they going to do next? That was the type of game it was. It took a couple of series to get there. But once they got moving, they never let off the gas. From the second series on, this team was an absolute freight train with the brakes ripped out of it. But I cannot get over the efficiency, the execution, and the ability to stick to the game plan. Yesterday's offense was so impressive for reasons that I don't think we typically talk about with these Bills because it's usually not the way that they execute their offense. The offense is typically Josh Allen making insane plays, crazy offensive plays deep down the field, and that would result in their points. Yesterday, it was methodical. It was... It, it, was, it was textbook. And if you notice, one of the other benefits, in addition to you know, keeping Josh Allen safe, scoring points, frankly, just moving the ball down the field. In addition to all of that, how about the time of possession in which playing like that leads to? The Bills had the ball yesterday for over 40 minutes. For, the game's only 60 minutes, folks. The Bills had the ball in their possession for over two-thirds of the football game. Good luck winning when you have the ball for a third of the game. It's damn near impossible. And you don't hold on to the ball like that when you're chucking and ducking. You hold on to the ball like that when you're methodically moving the ball down the field. Now let's move on to the other aspect of this offense. We haven't really touched on as much yet. You also hold on to the ball like that when you have a sufficient run game. The Buffalo Bills displayed yesterday perhaps their best rushing performance that did not include Josh Allen in how long? When I said at the top of the show there were so many things to be excited about in this game, I'm not kidding. This, to me, is probably the second biggest outside of Josh Allen's performance and just the overall offensive execution. The run game yesterday is what I was expecting to see out of James Cook if they finally gave him the opportunity to be a part of this offense. And yesterday they took the training wheels off and look what happened. 17 carries, his first career 100-plus yard game at 123 yards, resulting in over seven yards a carry. Guys, if you have a quarterback like Josh Allen clicking like he was yesterday and you got a running back in the backfield nailing off seven-yard carries on average and you have a top-five defense, I mean, guys, this is what we were talking about before the season, before we had to watch that horse shit Last Monday, this is what we were talking about. Going into the season, we were saying, hey, look, this run game's improved. Josh Allen's telling us he's the most dialed in he's ever been. We know what this defense is capable of. Plus, they're healthy. The addition of Dalton Kincaid, what's that going to do for all these weapons on offense? We saw a little bit of everything yesterday that we were hoping to see out of the 2023 Bills. And my God, was it gorgeous. And it was fun. How much fun did you have watching that game yesterday? It was fun. Last week was torture. Watching your team play should be fun. 
Last week, I can't think of anything that would be more opposite of fun than watching what that whatever the hell that was on Monday night a week ago. Yesterday was fun. You couldn't wait to see what they were going to do next and the amount of incredible plays and the addition to just the ability to flat out stick to the script. It was just all around 10 out of 10. And this run game was a major part of that. They damn near clipped 200 yards on the ground. And guys, Josh Allen had seven of the yards. When's the last time the Bills had a great day on the ground and Josh Allen wasn't at the top of the Excel sheet? He had three carries for seven yards and the Bills had damn near 200 yards on the ground. That's what I'm talking about. And it was evenly distributed, and it was exactly what I wanted to see out of this running back room. Like, to a T, I had said, I want James Cook getting the bulk of these carries. You spent a high second-round draft pick on this kid, and last year, the flashes he had were awesome. You barely let him get involved in the offense last year. It pissed me off to no end. And when they did give him a substantial role at times, you could see the potential. I wanted the bulk of the carries to go to James Cook. And then I wanted evenly split carries between Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, depending on the situation. I wanted Damian Harris getting the ball in short yardage situation. What do you know? Yesterday, he had a one-yard touchdown run. And I kind of forgot about Latavius Murray a bit compared to the other two. I think he looks phenomenal. Do you know Latavius Murray yesterday when he scored his touchdown? That was the sixth different team he scored a touchdown for. He doesn't look that old to me, guys. I thought Latavius Murray yesterday looked as good as a, I mean, as good as you want out of a guy at that veteran stature. The strides that he takes are ridiculous. He looks like a gazelle. He is huge, and his strides look like they're five yards each. I thought he looked great. I thought Damian Harris executed exactly what they brought him in for, and you saw yesterday that James Cook is capable of being your every down back beyond that. I mean, guys, not only did he have 123 yards on the ground, did James Cook, but they also got involved in the passing game, which is what we also wanted to see out of James Cook. Four targets, four catches. Sign me up for that every week. I think James Cook should get at least four targets on a weekly basis because that tells me a couple of things. One, either they're drawing him up and he's being adequately incorporated into this passing offense. And in in these current NFL times, when you have a running back that has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and get upfield, you have got to incorporate that into your game plan. It shows you that. But I think more than anything, it shows you that that game probably featured a Josh Allen who was willing to dump the ball down instead of trying to make it all happen in one play. Four targets, four catches. 36 yards, nine, nine yards a catch. Guys, I mean, you, you, you yesterday from James Cook, if you were to give me, I think if you were to give me 60% of what we saw to James Cook yesterday on a weekly basis, I'm probably signing up for that. I'm not expecting that great of a day every week because he, he damn near had almost 200 all-purpose yards. But if you give me the ability to have James Cook be an adequate representation 
of this running back room on a weekly basis in this offense, I'm all about it. I'll probably bump that 60% up to maybe to maybe 70%. Because he's too damn good, in my opinion, to kind of to, to kind of push it away. I think that this offense is so accustomed to having everything go through Josh Allen that they're almost scared at times to let somebody else get involved. And I kind of understand that. I do. I mean, you've seen what this run game has been in the past, and you wind up probably getting to the point where you're saying, all right, you know what? Screw it. Josh, go. We've seen that on, 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 on a numerous amount of occasions. It's tough to, to execute that type of game plan when you don't necessarily believe in the game plan to begin with. But I thought James Cook yesterday, I mean, the way he was moving and grooving, the way he was getting upfield, hitting the hole, when you do give him space, he takes advantage of every inch. I just thought he looked lights out yesterday. Lights out. Loved it. Yesterday was James Cook's coming out party, and it was beautiful. And what do you know? It was probably the most involved that this offense has allowed him to be in a game. And it just so happens to be the best game of his young career here. Once again, 17 carries, 123 yards, and then four catches for 36 yards. We're damn near talking almost 200 all-purpose yards out of your running back. You, you cannot ask for anything more than that. And that, once again, is in addition to a phenomenal game from Josh Allen. And a phenomenal game, not just from Stephon Diggs. This is another thing about this offense yesterday that was gorgeous, and I think it is a result of the methodical offensive game plan in which that they, they executed yesterday. It is a result of that, a direct result. It's not just the Stefan Diggs show. And don't get me wrong. That's one of my favorite shows. I love tuning in for that. But I also want to be able to browse around the channels a bit when that show is getting shut down by somebody else. The ball was distributed evenly yesterday. And Josh got a handful of guys involved. Let's count it out here. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers caught a ball yesterday. Nine. I mean, now we're talking. And it's ex and if you look at the distribution in which the receptions were were made, it's pretty much exactly. I mean, this I can't get over this. You look at the number, it's it's rare that the numbers directly reflect exactly what you see on the field. I mean, we, we get into that. We get into that sometimes here on the show where you're talking about what you just watched and you see the result in the numbers and they don't often reflect themselves. They're not often mirror images because that's not the way football is. A lot of times football can be based on the optic. You can just tell if a team's off. Like, uh, for example, yesterday, in my opinion, these first two weeks, I think they'll get it. I think they'll turn it around. They always do. But the, something about the Chiefs just doesn't look right offensively they won yesterday defense looks absolutely off off the charts that's going to be a new thing that that we're going to have to worry about when it comes to the chiefs defense looks stout two weeks in but something just doesn't look right that can often be misconstrued based on the numbers i thought yesterday the numbers are a direct reflection of what we saw out on the field and it's just bringing a, a smile to my face because it, the numbers truly reflect literally everything. Like if you had a wish list of what you'd want to see from the Bills, just go look at the, the stats from yesterday. I mean, it's right in front of you. All of it. 
If you were to say, what do you want from this Bills receiving core? I would say to you, I want Stephon Diggs getting the bulk of the targets and the bulk of the catches. I want Gabe Davis to be right underneath of him. And then I want it evenly distributed between my two tight ends. That is exactly what happened yesterday. In addition, I would also tell you, I want my running back incorporated into this passing offense. And James Cook had the fourth most receptions on this team yesterday. You have Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 66 yards. It wasn't what we saw from him last week, but not every week's going to be a 10-catch, 100-plus-yard performance. It can't be. Frankly, you shouldn't want that because that just goes to show you that every week it's just continuously forcing it to Stephon Diggs because there's nothing else there. What we saw to Gabe Davis yesterday, that is the Gabe Davis we have been wanting to unlock. I said it earlier. It's tough to be successful if you're Gabe Davis, and he even said this himself, Earlier in the offseason, when we were talking about getting him involved in different ways, he has been the Bills' deep shot guy. And that's feast or famine. That's like spinning the roulette. You either catch it and win big, or you don't, and you lose. But yesterday, Gabe Davis was adequately involved in this passing game. All his yards didn't simply come from one bomb. He had seven targets, same as Diggs, caught six of them, Almost 100 yards on the ground, and he had the best touchdown of the day. Or I I can't say that. The second best touchdown of the day. The best touchdown came on Khalil Shakir's only reception of the day, which happened to be the best. Because Josh Allen, in the midst of pressure, where it looked like he was just going to get annihilated, falls back, almost falling down to his knees, rips the ball on target right to Khalil Shakir touchdown. That was the beauty of yesterday is you saw the calm, cool collectiveness that Josh Allen is capable of. But you also saw that, oh, only Josh Allen type plays. And there was a few of them. That touchdown to Khalil Shakir. The touchdown to Gabe Davis where he's rolling right and he throws it back to the middle of the end zone right in Gabe Davis's hands. And that's what I loved about it. It wasn't a throw where it was just up for grabs. It was right in Gabe Davis's hand. This one was right in Khalil Shakir's hand. The one I was talking about earlier, another throw to Gabe Davis where he's rolling out to his right. He's on the move. He's heading towards the out-of-bounds line, and it's just right in the breadbasket for Gabe Davis. He made multiple impressive throws yesterday in addition to taking what was given to him. I think if you could summarize Josh Allen's performance in one phrase yesterday, I would say he took what was given to him. He didn't have to take things that weren't there. And I think that's a huge part of Josh Allen's games at a game at times. And we've seen that can indeed result in some phenomenal highlights, but it can also result in four turnovers. Like last week, he took what was given to him. And oftentimes it was underneath short routes, but it added up and it added up and it added up. I mean, you think about it yesterday. I don't know what his average depth of target was yesterday, but his average reception was only seven yards. And even though it seemed like the bulk of his throws were underneath, and that's because they were, he still almost had 300 yards through the air. Even though he was targeting guys, you know, on shallow routes, Throughout the majority of the game, look what happened. It it all just piled up. All of it. It piled up on the scoreboard. It piled up on the stat sheet. 
It piled up in the time of possession. I know this is the, this is a thing I think people struggle with. And I kind of been saying, I, I, I know I said it last week, where I was saying we just need to see Josh dink and dunk the ball a bit more because he just doesn't do it. And I think people get a little offended by that. Where they're like, oh, you just want you want to put the handcuffs on Josh Allen. You want to take away what makes him great. No, that's not true at all. That's why I thought yesterday was such a beautiful display of what we could expect from Josh Allen if he decides to have the same mentality he had yesterday. Whatever he had in his mind yesterday, I want that. I want someone to figure out a way to hypnotize him and lock that in permanently. Because it wasn't just that yesterday. We just talked about it. It wasn't just, you know, boring football. There was a ton of awesome plays mixed in with that, but they came when they felt necessary. But I think people get a bit offended when you say that about Josh Allen because they think that you're trying to take away what has what, what made all of us love him so much. But you got to ask yourself a question. Would you rather watch Josh Allen huck the ball down the field and hope it goes into the end zone for the rest of the year? Would you rather watch that? Or would you rather watch a 38-10 to 10 beatdown like we watched yesterday? I understand it might not be the most exciting thing to watch Josh Allen hit James Cook right in front of the line of scrimmage for a six-yard gain. I understand it might not be the most electrifying play when he hits Gabe Davis on a curl route for eight yards. But that's what happened yesterday, and it resulted in maybe the most efficient performance that this offense has had with Josh Allen at the quarterback position. And to me, that's how you're going to beat the cream of the crop. Because the key to beating top teams, especially with top quarterbacks, is to not let that other top quarterback touch the ball. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not Patrick Mahomes. I get that. He's not, he's not a top quarterback. But like I said at the top of the show, he's no scrub either. And the less you give these guys a chance to come back, the better. And these guys, the Bills didn't give them a chance in hell to do anything yesterday. They had the ball for over just over 19 minutes. That is insane. That drive to open up the second half yesterday, the Bills had the ball for 10 minutes. That's what I want. I want yesterday. I'm hearing pick six right off the bat. Wow, nine seconds into the game. There you go, Deshaun Watson, earning every penny of that fully guaranteed. First snap of the game, pick six. Good grief. Poor Cleveland. Oh, my God. And then we got a real entertaining one in, uh, in Carolina, 6-3 Saints. Looks like a bit of a snooze fest in Carolina. But anyway, I'm all about getting the, 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 the holy shit moments from Josh Allen. I love them. But, if you, it, but, but dialing them down, I think, is what we need to see and what we should, what we should uh, be wanting as fans. Because I think the less of those you see, the better he's going to play. I think it puts him in a better position for his longevity as far as being out on the field. And overall, I just think it puts this team in a much better position to win football games. And I got to tell you, yesterday, uh, this offense, I, I just was so ecstatic to see that, to see the way that they played. Coming off of that game last week, they truly had to come out and just prove that they were capable of doing it differently. And I think that they did just that. And 
I was I was so happy for Josh Allen because you know you know damn well that he just was he had to have been just sick to his stomach after last week. And he did what a what a pro does, shake it off, put it in the rear view, go out there and kick some ass. I mean, that's exactly what he did. And you love to see it. Run game, best it's ever looked. As far as efficiency is concerned, one of the best this offense has ever looked from that standpoint. Receivers all got involved. And I said it, I said it a little bit earlier, but I want to uh, emphasize this again. Uh, you know, a guy on this team who oftentimes takes the brunt of a lot of um, criticism is Spencer Brown. He he essentially shut down one of the best edge presence in the game in Max Crosby. Shut him down. The only time you heard Max Crosby's name yesterday was when the announcers got to mentioning that Max Crosby was essentially being shut down. Spencer Brown had a day yesterday, and I love to see that. Guys who you know struggle to often have really prominent impacts on games in a positive way, to see that in that moment, because it's not like he's going up against the scrub. I mean, Max, Max Crosby is a beast. Spencer Brown balled out yesterday. And you love to see that. You just love to see it. And, we, and this, is, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Find me a, a game that compares to this one when it just comes to complete performance on all cylinders. Spencer Brown shutting down Max Crosby. Defense just dominating. Offense humming like a well-oiled machine. Run game as prominent as it's ever been. Josh Allen looking as methodical as he can possibly be. All the wide receivers getting involved. You name it. You name it, it was on display. Not to mention some of the coaching decisions were phenomenal. I thought the decisions to go on on fourth down when they did were well-timed. They matched the momentum in which the Bills had displayed throughout the game. And they often got they often got them. They went three for four on fourth down. The one was a, mi- a miss, uh, miscue on, uh, on the goal line in which the Bills were unable to score, but... It was right before the half, but they almost eliminated that mistake. And this was another part of the game that I just thought was absurd. So the Bills go for it on fourth down there uh, right before the half, just about four minutes or so left. It's the only fourth down they don't execute. But what I love about that particular play and why I would always go for it on fourth down in that situation is because if you don't get it, the offense has to start the ball on their own inch line, essentially. So it's a no-brainer to me every time. They don't get it okay. Bills force a punt from the Raiders. And at this point in the game, there's about a minute or so left. The Bills have the ball on the 40-yard line, and they would proceed to not only get into scoring range and kick a field goal before half, they would get into the end zone within 40 seconds. There was about a minute left on the clock. They were at their own 40. They were in the end zone at around the 18-second mark. So, yeah, they didn't score on that possession, but it backs the Raiders up to their own one, instantly force them to punt. And in a position where you would have been happy with a field goal, probably with a minute left on the clock, they said, screw that. We're going all the way. And that's exactly what they did. It was an unbelievable drive. It was literally less than a minute. And that was the drive that resulted uh, in what I thought to be one of the best examples of what Josh Allen did yesterday as far as, wow, he played phenomenal. If you remember on that drive, it's third and eight. And Josh doesn't panic. He stays in the pocket on this throw. If you remember, it's when it's the throw in which he throws a really heavy pump fake. 
It's third and eight. He stays calm in the pocket, realizes he's going to have time. He doesn't bail. He doesn't run out of the pocket. He doesn't force a thrower. He doesn't force himself into a sack. He allows the play to play out. It then allows Stephon Diggs to break open, and he hits Stephon Diggs right on the numbers for a first down. I think it was in that moment, because at this point in the game, it was still 14 to 10. You might not at this moment have felt that the game was in hand, and I didn't understand that. But I thought that that was the throw where you saw and you said, okay, these guys are on today. And sure enough, they'd go all the way down and score, and they'd never look back. They'd add an additional 17 points while not allowing a single other point for the Raiders the entire rest of the game. And of course that was the drive uh, that was capped off by that awesome touchdown to Khalil Shakir. And that is your perfect example of man, who else, but Josh Allen, you know what I mean? Josh Allen might as well have been dead to rights on that throw. And somehow how he got it off is a miracle, let alone getting it to where it needed to be. And it was right on the hands touchdown. And it was right before the half. So you start out slow in the game and you're a little bit concerned and that's the way you end the half. And what I loved about this team is that they ended the half strong and they even ended the game strong. And that's where we're going to transition into the defense from this game because guys, what we've saw through the first two weeks, and you got to remember, this is without Von Miller. This is without Von Miller. This defense looks phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I said it last week, and I, you know me, I'm never going to take, I'm never going to pass up on an opportunity to say it again. Matt Milano is one of the best defensive football players in the NFL. That guy, I, I, I cannot get over my love for that, for that human being. I love that man. That is the ultimate alpha football player, Matt Milano. The dude is the heart and soul of this defense. He is an absolute bona fide a one monster. The guy is unbelievable. And you now got two weeks in a row where you look at Matt Milano and he just is an absolute force in the game and a game changer at that. He's all over the field. And now he's got two weeks in a row with an interception real quick. Let's talk about that interception. That is as grown manish of an interception as you will ever see in the game of football. He violated Josh Jacobs. Garoppolo's under pressure. He's got to get rid of it. He panics a little bit. He throws it into a bit of pressure on the underneath route of Josh Jacobs. But that wasn't, a, that wasn't like last week where Zach Wilson just threw it to Matt Milano. Matt Milano went up and said, that bitch is mine. I, I, I probably woke the entire building even though it was like midday. I, I don't know if anybody was asleep, but I probably scared the entire building, I should say. Um, that was the play of the day, in my opinion. And in my opinion, when it comes to these Buffalo Bills, maybe not the landscape of the NFL, although I might make my argument, but when it comes down to the top 10 plays that these Bills have throughout the year, I promise you, I don't care if it's only week two, that's making my top 10 list. That was disgusting. Josh Jacobs, a damn good player in this league, got absolutely there's not even a proper word for it. That was insane. He just grown man the shit out of another pro athlete in real time. Went up and just said, that thing is mine. Thank you. Ripped it out of his hands. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, Derek Carr, what are you doing, brother? Holy hell. Wow, oh, that was bad. 
I looked over for two seconds, and Derek Carr was playing catch with uh, the Panthers' defense. But man, Matt Milano, that was uh, that was that was ridiculous. That was something. That was that was just disgusting, in the best possible way. Um, but this defense, folks, right off the bat here, two weeks in, they have looked as good as just about any defense in this league. They have looked phenomenal. It's back-to-back weeks now. The the defense didn't allow the punt return last week, so you know you're looking at two weeks now. We're in 60 minutes of football. This Bills defense has allowed 16 points and 10 points, respectively in back-to-back weeks. Um, you know, I understand maybe the offensive talent isn't that of some of the best in the game, but even so, in the offensive era of the NFL, holding teams under 20 points is not the easiest task. And the Bills have done it in back-to-back weeks in a way that has, in my opinion, displayed them to be one of the better defenses early on here uh, in this NFL season. I just think that they have looked terrific, absolutely phenomenal. And there's so many different players showing out and getting a part of the a part of the action. Thought Ed Oliver had a couple of great plays yesterday. Greg Rousseau getting back there. AJ Epinesa had a good play in the backfield. Uh, you had Bernard, of course, with the first interception of the game. I thought early on here he's been looking phenomenal in that spot. Overall, this defense has just been a problem. The pass rush has been great, but how about the defensive effort in the run game? Like I said, last week you did have your blunt, your blunder. Brees Hall broke one off, and, you know, it sucks when you, when you allow a massive run, especially because we have seen that happen on a, on a couple of different occasions from this Bills defense throughout time here. But other than that, I mean, I thought they did a real solid job last week outside of that one play. This past week, I mean, it was just dominance all the way around. They absolutely eliminated Josh Jacobs' impact on that game. Minus two yards. This run D has been sick so far. And you got to remember, once again, I'll reiterate, this is without Von Miller. I'm dying to see what this defense might look like with the addition of Von Miller. Because we've yet to really get that under our belts in a full health capacity throughout the entirety of this defensive roster. If this roster can stay healthy, and of course, if Micah Hyde, who I know got banged up yesterday, if he can sustain his health if this defense can sustain its health I know it's easier said than done and injuries happen all over the place and it's very unfortunate but I can only imagine Von Miller's addition to an already healthy uh, Bills defense here because they have looked terrific thus far and the way I viewed it yesterday the way I viewed it yesterday I, I, I saw it like this if the Bills defense can continue to consistently be a major impact in the game and then if you add on top of that, the uh, the ability to not shoot yourself in the foot on offense, right? Not shoot yourself in the foot if you're Josh Allen. The ability to get a run game involved in your overall game plan. This team is right where we want them to be. Right where you could possibly want them. You got everything clicking. You got defense being a prominent factor in the result of the game. You got offense taking what's given to them, not forcing anything, not harming themselves, not turning the ball over, and therefore it resulting in a massive differential in time of possession, it resulting in a litany of points on the scoreboard, and it resulting in a big fat W. And then the run game. I understand it's not going to be near 200 yards every game, but if we can get execution similar to what we got yesterday in some capacity each week, it's all you can ask for. 
I thought there were so many things yesterday on display that if you could just see a, a portion of that every week, not only are these Buffalo Bills going to be just fine, like we were hoping to see or an example of after last week's game against the Jets, but they're going to come back and improve once again. They are indeed one of the best teams in the entire NFL. Get to some super chats real quick. Got to close up shop a bit earlier than usual tonight. I know we've been going for like three hours typically lately, but uh, I got to hit the road tonight, unfortunately. So we are well over an hour in, though, which is good. Um, sometimes I look back, and I don't even realize we go three hours. It's nuts. We'll talk uh, real quick about the Commanders game next week, too, before we get out of here. Uh, Jason Miller coming in with a couple super chats. Sorry for the delay, Jason. We'll get to all three of them. First of all, Jason says, Josh was efficient, effective, and still exciting. Route combinations opened wide receivers up. Josh took what the D gave him. That's the W. I think that is perfectly said. I think the way you said that first sentence, to me, I love that little excerpt. Josh was efficient effective and exciting let's coin that right now on the smoke break courtesy of jason millard if we get the three e's from josh allen that is going to culminate into a buffalo bills w the three e's lock it in right now ja 17's three e's efficient effective exciting that is what you want from josh allen every week the three e's baby you get the efficiency the effectiveness of that efficiency and what that results in, like we've been going over, the points on the board, the possession time, the ability to move the ball down the field continuously. And then your flashes of excitement that you're going to get from a guy like Josh Allen, his attempt to hurdle over somebody, his falling down throw touchdown to Khalil Shakir, his on-the-money dime to Gabe Davis on the run, his back, back to the middle of the field throw touchdown to Gabe Davis. And it all culminated in an unbelievably terrific performance from Josh Allen. Love that, Jason. The three E's from Josh Allen. That's what we're going to be looking for from the rest of the year. Alton V coming in saying, what up, Z-Bot? How about Kincaid and Torrance? Man, I think we hit the draft this year. They look pretty, uh, pretty good so far. How about Dalton Kincaid? I understand you look at the numbers and they're not insane. Five for 43. But you look at what these Buffalo Bills needed. And it was an additional piece on offense that you could rely upon and get involved within the passing game. Once again, it's back to the, the, to the you know, the point we've been hammering all night long. The key up oh, fumble. Man, this game, not to cut myself off, but this game is just, this is like a puke fest. I've like glanced over a couple times and every time I look over, it just seems like one of the worst things that could possibly happen happened. Uh, anyhow. Uh, what this offense needed, and I can't emphasize this enough because I think a lot of times we get lost in the weeds of, well, Hey, you know, Justin Jefferson, there is another 150 yard day. Mike Evans just had a buck 70 yesterday, you know, Tua last week, 200. I think we get lost in the numbers and the highlights, and we say, ah, well, outside of digs, the Bills don't have that. No, the Bills don't have that. But do they necessarily need it? Because once again, you play like you did yesterday, it's not going to matter who you have on the other side of the field because it doesn't get better than that efficiency and execution. It just doesn't. What this offense needed was another reliable weapon to take the distract to distract the defense a bit and take the entire attention off of Stefan Diggs. We went over this in nauseam in the offseason. Just having a guy like him on the field that you have to respect, that in itself opens things up for Stefan Diggs. There's two things that opens the entire offense up. The establishment of a run game 
and the ability to have weapons at your disposal that the defense respects, and therefore it allows all of them their ability to get open. Yesterday, you see, you saw it on full display. Once again, nine different receivers caught a ball yesterday, and the majority of them had at least one wide open catch, wide open. Five for 43 from your rookie tight end, nine yards a catch. And by the way, like most receivers yesterday, caught every, nearly every single target he had. Six targets, five, five receptions. We knew that we, we had heard from uh, Bill's camp and, and, and sources outside of it that he had some of the best hands in the draft, if not the best. He's going to catch what's coming to him. But you're going to take five for 43 all day long, I think, from your rookie tight end. Because it kind of culminates, or it kind of represents, rather, what Jason was just saying. It's the three E's. It's exciting watching your rookie tight end get involved in the offense as much as he did. It's efficient. Sure as hell believe that. And therefore, it's completely effective. Every time he caught the ball, it seemed like it was an effective play that tic-tac-toed the Bills right down the field. He was a part of an overall puzzle. That's what the offense felt like yesterday. A big, gigantic puzzle where every piece played a role. And you can't say that about this Bills offense every week in every game. You really can't. Sometimes it feels like this Bills offense isn't a puzzle, but it's more so uh, you know, an, an image that you cut into three pieces and glued together. Sometimes even two pieces. Sometimes the Bills offense feels like you cut the picture down the middle and glued it back together with Stephon Diggs on one side and Josh Allen on the other. You want the puzzle. Yesterday, you had a bunch of different pieces that came together and formed one hell of a performance and one incredible-looking W. That's what you want. And Don Kincaid was a prominent puzzle piece in that overall image yesterday. I've loved what I've seen so far. You know, it's not Travis Kelsey or, uh, you know, George Kittle yet. Let's, let's have some patience. I think that they've been trying their best to get him the ball, and when they do, he catches it and moves the ball down the field. And this is only two games in, guys. We don't know what's in store with Don Kincaid. All I know is I love that two weeks in, they're looking for him. And he's having an impact on the game. When you're drafting, when you're, when you're going into the draft, all you can ask for is the guy you draft has an impact on the team in a positive way. The main thing for me when it comes to the draft, and this is, of course, the main thing in general, but it's something that the Bills have sort of struggled with over the last couple of years here. You want to find a guy that when you draft, he's efficient or he's effective rather instantly. And then over time, he becomes exactly what you drafted him to be, a core piece. I know it's early, but we're seeing right now exactly what you would want in this situation. You draft Kincaid in the first round, and he has already instantly become an effective part of this Bills offense. And we have no idea what's to come. And I personally think the sky's the limit with this dude. I love him. Uh, been seeing Dawson Knox, speaking of the tight end position, get dogged a little bit. Look, you know, it, it, was it the best game yesterday? No, but he did have his touchdown. And I also think, too, when you have the two tight ends set, there's going to be days where, where one guy looks better than the other. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid had a better game yesterday. I think both of them, when it came to blocking, it wasn't the overall best day for either of them. But I think there's going to be days where one outshines the other. And I'm not going to get down on Dawson Knox yesterday. He had his touchdown. He didn't get involved in the offense that much outside of that. But Dawson Knox has been a terrific piece for this team, a phenomenal piece. And 
I truly think in a game like yesterday, there's going to be a guy or two who gets lost in the weeds when everybody else is cooking. I mean, you look at the numbers here. Diggs was cooking. Gabe Davis was cooking. James Cook was cooking. Josh Allen was cooking. Not everybody's going to be able to get over to the stove and chef something up. And Dawson Knox might have been that guy yesterday that got lost in the weeds a little bit. They only targeted him five times. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like he got a dominant amount of targets in comparison to everyone else, and he caught three of them. Was it his greatest day? No, but I've seen some people online kind of shitting on Knox today, and I, I'm not. I don't. I don't really get it. it. Wasn't the greatest performance, but it sure as hell wasn't worthy of, in my opinion, getting ripped on. That's for sure. Let's go back to Jason Miller again. Jason saying, "Z about your feelings on Bernard at middle linebacker." Knew he was a solid coverage linebacker, but more physical than I expected. Look, you know my thoughts on the linebacker position in general. Um, and that is Matt Milano. Not only is he the heart and soul of the linebacker position on this team, because he is just, there's a reason he's on this team today and Tremaine Edmonds isn't. In my opinion, that is the easiest decision in the history of decision. That decision that they make. Keep Milano, extend him, pay him, get rid of Edmonds. But I think he's also maybe at this point in time the best player on this entire defense. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. He is just I, 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 the guy. Leaves, I, I, I'm in love with the guy. I love him. I just freaking love the guy. Like if, if if I'm a if I'm a youth football coach and I'm trying to get guys to like give their all effort and really just ball out. You know, young kids trying to teach them. You know, to be involved in every play, never give up, work your hardest every snap. I'm showing him Matt Milano tape, like, every single time. That, to me, like, he defines Buffalo football to me. He is just, every time you see a play unfold, he is right there. And not only that, but he is making game-changing plays, too. And he has been for some time now. So, Right off the bat, when it comes to the linebacker position, you're already in a better spot than most other teams can say, having a guy as unbelievable as Matt Milano. Going into this year, yes, the big question was, are they going to be able to replace Tremaine Edmonds, a guy you spend a first-round draft pick on? You had to get rid of him, of course. You know, you couldn't pay him. You have to move on. Are you going to be able to replace him? My mindset was, I think Milano's good enough to where if you can get a guy in there that just plays his role you know, it just is just able to be effective enough to not hinder the defense. Because my main overall point was this defense is so good already. The personnel on this defense is so good already. I think maybe having a little bit of a lacking second linebacker spot is going to be made up for in other areas. But not only that so far, I think Bernard early on here. What's not to like? What's not to like? Interception yesterday, I as well feel like he has been involved heavily within most plays. And as and as Jason's saying here, physicality, there's no lack of that from this defense. I mean, yesterday, the physicality in general from this Buffalo Bills defense was palpable. And I think so far, two games in, Let's just ask ask yourself this question to answer Jason's question when he says, your feelings on Bernard. Let's ask ourselves this question. I think this is what sums it up the best. Through the first two games of the season, have you said to yourself, man, I wish Tremaine Edmonds was out there? I think the answer is no. And this is no slight of Tremaine Edmonds. I really enjoyed his time in Buffalo, but have you tuned in to the Chicago Bears the first two weeks? 
That's all I'm going to say. Ask yourself through two weeks of Buffalo Bills football with as good as this defense has looked, have you said to yourself or anybody around you, man, imagine if Tremaine Edmonds was out there. I got to be 100% honest. I didn't even think about that until you just asked me that question, Jason. I have not thought of him once. And I think going into the season, that was a goal of mine. I had said, I almost remember saying this. I think I had said, if we're hearing about Tremaine Edmonds throughout the year, that's not a good thing. And I think that's a pretty obvious statement. Because if you're hearing about Tremaine Edmonds, that means the defense, it's not where we want it to be. If we're bitching about what we don't have currently, that's telling me there's problems at hand. So far, I haven't heard his name uttered once. And the only reason I'm thinking about him right now is because we're talking about Bernard. I think it's the best way to summarize that. So, so far, so good. And I could say that about the defense in, in its entirety. And I understand yesterday the, the grades came out. You know, Poyer didn't have the greatest day, according to PFF and, and whatever. You know, J- Jordan Poyer has also been uh, the, the cornerstone of this defense for years. He's getting older. He didn't get the bag he wanted. I mean, am I expecting Jordan Poyer to be like an overall ultimate difference maker week in and week out like he has been during his time in Buffalo? Maybe not. But he's still a damn good player. Like everybody always wants to be like, uh, you know, just start ripping on a guy for not having like an overall dominant day. How about thinking about it like this? Yesterday, maybe Jordan Poyer didn't have his greatest day. They allowed 10 points. And zero points in the second half. So, isn't that a, that, to me, that's a great thing. You're saying to yourself, Jordan Poyer didn't have the greatest day, and the Bills still absolutely dismantled the Raiders' offense? Sign me up. The other point, Dawson Knox didn't look great yesterday. Okay, the Bills' offense put up 38 points. You mean to tell me Dawson Knox had a down day and this Bills team still damn near clipped 40 points? Okay. Not everybody's going to look like a Hall of Famer every week. To me, this Bills team is good enough to win. If you get a solid performance out of the majority of your guys, it's going to overplay maybe a bad game or a downgraded game from one or two guys in each unit. That's just the way I see it. And I think yesterday, you know, there's people that have been getting on certain different, you know, certain players here and there about it. To me, if anything, that that screams just how great they looked yesterday. Because if you got a couple of guys that you think are, you know, or not that you think, but that you definitely rely upon when it comes to this team, and they maybe didn't have their greatest day and they still kicked ass like that, that to me is a damn good sign. And that not only that, but that is a perfect example of a good football team. When your greatest guy or your best guy or one of your best guys isn't having the best day, a good football team picks up the slack. A good, a good example to me would be like last week, everybody's freaking out with the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they lost to the, to the Lions, but everybody's freaking out about the Kansas City Chiefs defense without Chris Jones because he was holding out in week one against um, the Lions. And I thought the Chiefs defense looked terrific against Detroit regarding the circumstances. They stepped up. Good teams find ways to step up and overshadow maybe – the downplayed areas. The reason I kind of paused and looked over there, I, I haven't looked at the uh, Steelers-Browns game, and I just saw the Browns were wearing white helmets, and it kind of like froze my brain for a second. 
I can't remember them wearing that. Maybe they wore those once last year. Oh, it looks weird. I don't know if I like it. No, it doesn't. I don't like it. Those are, I like those uniforms, though. They look better with the orange helmet. Whatever. Um, yeah, so to me, yesterday, as good as they looked, I think it's a, I think if, if anything, you know, when a guy has a, a mediocre day and they look that good, I sit there and say, ah, that's what I'm talking about. Because I don't want a guy to have a mediocre day and you're like, oh, you know, that screwed us. The only guy that that's going to happen with is is either Josh Allen and or Stephon Diggs, but 99% Josh Allen, like last week, because it wasn't mediocre. It was bad. You can't you can't uh, overshadow a bad Josh Allen performance. You just can't. Um, Jason Miller with another one. My man is on fire tonight. Jason is saying, Dorsey and J.A. both showed maturity yesterday. How, oh, my God. How about Dorsey yesterday? That was amazing. I was happy for Ken Dorsey yesterday. And you could tell that he unleashed a lot of pent-up frustration on the Bills when, whenever it was. It was before half when they scored there. They converted a first down. I think it was when they scored the touchdown. And he just loses his shit in a good way. He he kills me because you just look at the guy and you're like, you know, he just seems like a dude, but he's like, he's nuts. That was hilarious. The Bills just score and they go up to the to the booth. I mean, they need to have like a, you know how they do the Manning cast? They need to do the Dorsey cast. Or in a little corner of the broadcast, you can just watch Ken Dorsey live throughout the duration of the game. That would be must-see television. Must see. He was tweaking after he hit on that on that play there. Going off. It was awesome. One of the highlights of the day. Yeah. Shout out to Dorsey because I what I saw out of him yesterday was consistency. They stuck with what was working. And that only goes as far as it, him and Josh Allen, it's like there are two peas in the pot here. One's only going to go as far as the other. Dorsey's offense is only going to look as good as Josh Allen executes it. And Josh Allen's only going to be able to look good if, if he's given opportunities to do so. And they both complimented each other extremely well yesterday. They both stuck to the game plan and executed it. Execute, execute, execute. I mean, Jason, back to what you said, it's the three E's, and you can really you can pan that out to just about any aspect of this team, not just Josh Allen. Because Dorsey had some exciting play calls in the mix there yesterday, but more importantly, more important than the exciting is the efficiency and the effectiveness. And that's what Dorsey was yesterday, and Josh Allen made him look that way. Both are only going to go as far as the other one lets them go. And they both complimented each other real well yesterday. Last Super Chat coming in here is from my man MK. Good vibes only. If Allen keeps spreading the ball uh, like that, we will be all good. I mean, yeah, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. If Josh Allen spreads the ball the way he did yesterday to all those different receivers, continuously keeps everyone involved in the game and takes what is given to him, to me, that is the overarching phrase of the game. Take what is given to you. 
because they're going to want to try to get you to go deep and they're going in and in turn, they're going to give you the underneath because they're daring you to, I mean, usually it's the opposite. Most teams are daring you to go deep on them, but Josh has burnt so many people, but also subsequently has also burnt himself so many times that they're daring him to go short. They're daring Josh Allen to take the easy throw. And here's what's going to happen. Yesterday, he called their bluff. He took him up on that dare, and he absolutely embarrassed him. If he continues to do this, is what's going to continue to happen, in my opinion. This is what I think happens. This is going to happen maybe the next couple weeks, at least next week, I think. Because one game doesn't prove anything. You got to see this consistently. Defenses are going to continue to keep daring him because they are going to want to see what we saw from the Jets game rear its ugly head again. They're going to continue to dare him to keep it low. If he continues to keep showing that, what's going to happen? We got to respect the low game. They're killing us on this. That's when Gabe Davis is open 80 yards down the field. That's when Stephon Diggs is open for a bomb. And we're right back to where we want to be, but in a way that makes sense. We're not bombing it down the field in the double coverage for no reason. That's what they want. We'll have the opportunity to bomb it down the field to a wide open receiver because they had to respect all of the different areas around the line of scrimmage that Josh Allen's been picking them apart on all game long. That's what you can look forward to if Josh continues to stick to what we saw yesterday. And I damn sure hope he does. The next opportunity he will have to do that is this coming up Sunday against a 2-0 Washington Commanders team that, if you would, it, it, honest to God, I think the best way to, to describe them, you could almost say they are an NFC version of maybe what we saw yesterday, perhaps a little bit better. But it just feels like the Commanders have a Raiders-type vibe to them where they're not bad, but they're not great. You definitely respect them. You're not going to walk into that game thinking you're rolling them, but you're definitely better than them too. It's very similar to me. You're going to be going, this defense, and this is where I think they're going to feast next week. This defense is going up against a rookie in Sam Howell who has had a great start to his rookie season. He's had two real good games. I think he's up over 500 total yards of passing through two games. Good for the kid. He hasn't faced this Bills defense yet. He's gone against the New York Giants, or excuse me, not the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, who have just been, I mean, even Sean Payton, I thought would come out and and, and really steer the ship here. I, I did not imagine them starting 0-2. With two games to kick things off against the Raiders and the, uh, and the uh, Commanders, I thought, man, at the worst, they're winning one of those. It is panic, panicville in Denver. But this Washington Commanders team, not to discount it because, hey, they do have a rookie quarterback, and it's tough to win in this league. They got some real nice young pieces. They really do. I mean, Terry McLaurin is one of the uh, is one of the best wide receivers, not just in the NFC or best one of the best young receivers. I truly think he's one of the best receivers in the game. He just doesn't get talked about as much because he's on a team who isn't competing for a Super Bowl, or at least in the – uh, you know, the, 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 the top realm of the Super Bowl teams, Dallas and Philly and San Francisco. I mean, I mean, hell, it, Washington could be a, be a playoff team. It'd be tough to get three teams 
out of the NFC East into the playoffs. And I promise you the Eagles and the Cowboys are fulfilling two of those spots, but uh, he's damn good. Jahan Dotson out of Penn state, my favorite NCAA team. I got, got plenty of opportunity to watch him ball out at Penn state. And he is a damn good uh, young receiver as well for these Washington commanders. Obviously chase young, a defense that you have to respect. Um, This team, to me, is not, they're not a pushover at all. Not to mention, of course, they do have a decent running game. Brian Robinson, damn good running back. And Antonio Gibson takes the second, the second snap there. But Brian Robinson went off yesterday against the, uh, the Denver Broncos. But here's the key, okay? Here's the, here's the, here's the situation at hand. Yes, the Broncos are 2-0. and And yes, Sam Howell has had a good start to his rookie career. But they have beat the Arizona Cardinals, who many might have thought would lose maybe every game this year. And they're off to a killer start in that fashion because they lose to the commanders, a game that they were up in, in the fourth quarter and they blew. I mean, they, they gifted the giants a win yesterday. They were up what? 17, nothing at one point, 21 to three, was it? And they just, crap themselves the commander's first two wins are against the arizona cardinals who they were trailing against in the fourth quarter and the denver broncos team who i mean i think we've seen enough folks they're bad it's safe to say it now i was really waiting to just pause on that to see what was going to happen with another year russell wilson you know maybe getting in better shape figuring things out and then of course having sean payton forget it man they're they're not good and even then, yesterday, they hit a 60-yard Hail Mary at the end of the game to be able to tie it. But I, I, I thought if you came down, like if you, if you had a guy show up to my door and say, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You can bet $10 billion on this two-point conversion that they're not going to get it. Will you take it? And I'd say, where do I sign? There was not a shot now they were getting that two-point conversion. I would have bet anything on it. Those are their two wins so far. What's the moral of the story here? What's the point I'm getting at? They haven't seen them Buffalo Bills yet, folks, and they haven't seen anybody quite like them. Spreads at six and a half. Not here to give you advice. All I'm saying is I will be partaking in the six and a half. I'm confident. Let's just say that. I'm feeling good about playing the Washington Commanders next week. I hope we see shades of what we saw yesterday. And I hope it continues. And I'm not trying to overlook next week. We've seen the Bills hit the skids against teams that they are far better on. I'm not overlooking anything right now. Like I said earlier, not overvaluing yesterday, and I'm not overvaluing last week either. I need to see more. I'm not overlooking it. But the real, the real litmus test comes in two weeks. Folks, right now, it pains me to say it. I hate to say it. Because I hate to say this. I, you know where I'm at on this team and my thoughts on them. But I, I, I am a fair, I, I'm fair and honest. I have to be. Because it's just, it's, anybody else who isn't, to me, it's delusional. I, I hate that. I hate when people just get stuck up their own ass when it comes to their biases on their own team or whatever. 
the Miami Dolphins have been the best team in the AFC through, through two weeks. They have. You could argue possibly Tua has looked the best at the quarterback position. At least last week, he was the best quarterback in the league last week as far as performance was concerned. I don't think he looked particularly great last night against Denver, or excuse me, against New England, but I don't think he looked all that bad either. The Miami Dolphins have played the best football in the AFC through two weeks. Now, it's just two weeks, and we've seen this movie before. We have seen the Dolphins come out hot. We have seen every analyst on the planet get ready for that AFC championship victory, and we saw what wound up happening. If you remember correctly, last week or last year, the Miami Dolphins were AFC East champions in week five. Remember when everybody crowned them? So, jury's out. But as of right now, I can only talk about what I've seen through two weeks. Through two weeks, in my opinion, the Miami Dolphins have played the best football in the AFC. The real test, and they will, they will be undefeated when they take on the Bills two weeks from yesterday. They are going to beat the Denver Broncos this coming week. Once again, speaking of six and a half and, and taking the, the, the points on a, on a bet, once again, do what you want, but the, 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 the Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Broncos next week, and as much as it hates, it pains me to say it, I, I, I have got to get a taste of that because, to me, I, that, that's just... Based on what we've seen from both those teams, you don't think the, the Dolphins are a touchdown better than the Broncos? Well, I, I, I guess we'll, we'll see the come this Sunday. Either way, point remains. I, I would stake a lot of money on the fact that I think the Dolphins will be undefeated going into Buffalo two weeks from yesterday. That's where the test is going to be. If you have it play out the way I think it does, I think both these teams go into Buffalo on October 1st, fresh off of dominant victories. I think the Dolphins beat up the Broncos this coming weekend. I think the Bills do the same to the Commanders. And then it's on. That is going to be the moment these Bills will be able to reveal to us which way we can expect to lean when it comes to our determination of what this team currently is at this moment in the season. And I'm not even sitting here saying it has to be a victory. But we need to see more of what we saw yesterday against a team like the Dolphins in order to be able to say what we saw yesterday is what we can expect. What we saw last week is certainly the outlier. The test comes two weeks from yesterday. Do not overlook the commanders. They are still a really young and talented team. They're not the Buffalo Bills. And they can easily be overlooked. And I do expect to beat them and beat them good. But they still have plenty of talent. You know what happens in this league. It's any given Sunday. But the real test to me, two weeks from yesterday, October 1st, then we will know, I think, we will have a much better interpretation of where these Buffalo Bills currently stand and where these, as of right now, AFC East champion 2023 crowned Miami Dolphins stand. Because if you go online recently, you'd think it isn't, it isn't close. But I will say, I will say this. If it hasn't already become readily apparent to you, to me it is a stone-cold fact. And I don't think it's that egregiously hot of a take. There's your division, folks. 
two weeks from yesterday is your division. It's going to come down to those two teams. Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. That's the AFC East. Um, the, the, the Patriots, I, I think that they look way better than anybody thought they would. They're just not talented enough to get there. And the Jets, I, I, can't, I'm not, I can't even dog on the Jets, man. I, I feel so, I just feel bad. I'm not going to sit here and rip on the Jets. It's just, it's, it's just, to me, I think that's, I think that's weak. I think that's just weak. I still just feel so bad about what happened. I mean, even though I just despise the New York Jets, I, I still just genuinely feel really bad for that situation. It was just, I just, I think it was terrible. But I think we know that the Jets are not contending for the AFC East with Zach Wilson at quarterback. That's not to say they're not going to be a damn, com- damn competitive team with that defense. They sure as hell are but they're just not going to be good enough to get to that level. So what does that do? What does that rule out? Well, it rules out those two teams. Therefore, I think it comes down, and that's going to come down to that. I mean, I'm telling you, that game's going to be freaking huge. And I can't wait, but don't overlook the commanders. Real quick, Jeff B. coming and saying, so, Bob, you saying Miami is the best team in the AFC by beating the Chargers and the Patriots? I, I am. I think that they've looked like the best team in the AFC so far. And I got to be honest, that, that's also because I think that they are, uh, they are benefiting from a really bad-looking AFC early on. The, the Bengals look awful, terrible. You know what? Pause. I just remembered. Here's the two best teams, in my opinion, in the AFC early on here through the first two weeks. And I just forgot about this. The Bengals game brought it up to me. Th- throw the Baltimore Ravens in there as well. Throw the Baltimore Ravens in there as well right now for me. Because the Ravens have come out and they have beaten in back-to-back weeks, uh, back-to-back weeks uh, two solid teams, and I think that Lamar looks, looks damn good. I mean, you all know what Baltimore is with a healthy Lamar. Baltimore with a healthy Lamar is a team that you, you don't want to see if you don't have to. But through the first two weeks, I would also put the Baltimore Ravens up there as well. Uh, I didn't mean to say two quality teams, by the way. I forgot last week was the Texans. I'm, t- I'm topsy-turvy on a couple games. But I think that they have looked really good. I think the Ravens have looked really good. But as far as competition, as far as competition played and how they've just looked overall on the field, I think I got to give it to Miami. Um, I think they have two real quality wins. I think the offense has looked as good as any offense is in the league so far. I will say, though, and we'll get it more. We'll get more into all of this when it comes to Miami week in a couple weeks here. But I will say, their biggest Achilles heel is that defense. Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers chopped that defense up. They're just a victim of themselves. Nobody beats themselves quite like the LA Chargers and Brandon Staley. I've never seen anything like it. That team, week in and week out, just finds a way to lose. You know, there's some teams where you're just like, man, they just find a way to win. They just grind it out. The LA Chargers, no matter what find a way to lose. It doesn't matter what's going on in the game. You saw it on display last year in the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you're up 30 points at half, they find a way to lose. That that defense is a liability for Miami. We'll get into a lot more of that when it comes to Miami week, but I will just say through the first two weeks, I think that's where we're at. That's not to say I'm going to feel the same in two weeks from now, because I think if the Bills knock them off and they get a dominant W this coming week against the Commanders, well, I wonder where the argument is against the Bills for not being that team in that place a couple weeks from now. We'll be right back at it again a week from tonight. 
to recap Washington Bills. And I can't wait to be on with you. And we'll also that night get ready for Miami Bills as well. I know it feels like we're playing Miami this week the way I'm talking. I can't overemphasize it enough. Don't overlook these commanders. Please don't. Got to get that done. No more ability to allow the games you should win to slip through the cracks. That That's come and gone with the Jets. You had your clunker. You can't do it again. You cannot lose games you're supposed to win again. You can't. Because in this AFC, it's going to absolutely doom you. This is a game you should win. This is a game you should dominate in. Let's hope they get it done. We'll talk about it on Monday night. Can't wait to see you there. Enjoy the rest of your weeks, folks. Enjoy the rest of the victory week that we have coming up. It's the first one of the season. Soak it in. The Bills looked phenomenal. Put last week in the rear view and enjoy it. I'll see you next Monday night, folks. Can't wait. Until then, have a great week. And as always.